Hello, thanks for checking out the KZMC podcast. My name is April Zaire, and I'm an associate pastor at KZMC. This podcast is a recording of sermon teachings from our 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship gatherings. We release a new episode every Tuesday. If you're looking to check out our Sunday mornings, you can find our live stream over on our YouTube channel on Kingsfield Zurich Mennonite Church. We'd also love to have you join us in person. You can find out all the details about our Sunday mornings on our website, kzmc.ca. Thanks for listening and have a great day. All right. Uh, This morning, we do not have a guest speaker. We don't have a non-guest speaker. We don't have one speaker. We have several speakers. So this morning, we have something called five for five. And has, has anybody seen this happen in this room before? Have we done five for five before? If, we, if you know that we have, put your hand up. Okay, so we have not experienced five for five here. We are going to this morning. Um, so basically, we're going to hear from different people um, in our church family here, um, sharing for about five minutes a scripture or a Bible passage or something that has impacted them lately, and um, just sharing what God's been doing in their life. So that's what five for five is, five people for five minutes. And guess what? To kick this off, you get me for five more minutes. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to share a bit of what I've been learning lately, um, what God's been teaching me and some of my experiences. Um, Back in the spring, we did a study with the youth called The Bible. And do you remember? Yes. And um, basically, it was the story of the Bible, the who, what, where, when, why, how, and it kind of laid it out like a story. So a story, you have the setting, you have the characters, um, you have a plot, and it develops as you go through the story. And then, um, yeah, so it, it talked about the Bible in that way. And so it really helped me to increase my appreciation for the Old Testament and what it's really there for. And, and so that was, that was really good for me to, to learn um, about that. Um, and then in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you have the accounts of Jesus, his birth, his life, the things he did. Um, and then you have his, his uh, death and his resurrection. And then after those accounts, um, we have the book of Acts which is like the Acts of the Apostles. And so we read what happened after Jesus had been here, was here, and then is gone, and now what? Acts. That's what happens, is Acts. Am I hitting this right? This all? Yeah, right? Yeah, you remember this? Okay, good. So um, it was like Acts is how the, the followers of Jesus lived their lives with Jesus' purpose, and the apostles went out and traveled different places with Jesus' purpose, and they were sharing the gospel, and I, I know all this stuff, but it became um, real to me in a, in a new way when we did this study, and then the video wrapped up with, like, okay, so Acts happened, so now what? Um, 
you have lots of letters in the New Testament to different people and different churches and but what are what what do we do with it and so the video suggests that we are the continuation of acts we are what happens after acts we're the dot 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 of acts so so this was this impacted me and i'm like okay what does my life look like am i how am i living in an act kind of way and what does that mean for Deb? Um, how does my life spread the good news of Jesus, our rescuer, our savior, at work, at home, with my neighbor next door? What does that look like for Deb? And the word honor kept popping up in different places. Um, podcasts that I listened to or books that I would read, the word honor kept popping up. Um, honor God honor others, honor God, honor others. And I thought, oh, that's easy. I can do that. And, and then I started digging in a little bit more and being more intentional about it. And I'm like, this isn't easy. This, this is tough. And it revealed some places in my life where I'm like, oh my, oh no, this needs attention. And so that was uncomfortable. And I had to make some sacrifices and who likes to make sacrifices? Okay, so you're all with me. <laughs> so I'm thinking, okay, honor God with my words, honor God with my actions, honor God with my thoughts, honor God with my entire being, my physical being, my emotional being, my mental being. How do I honor God with all of that? And then I'm thinking, okay, honor others. And that means all others, no matter anything, no matter everything, I'm called to honor others. Uh, not because I agree with them or not, not because I share the same perspectives or not, and not because of anything that they say or they do, doesn't depend on that. I honor because they're created by God, loved by God, and that's why I honor. And I honor by listening and I honor by caring. I think those are my two big things. That's kind of how I'm wired. And I thought Jesus honored other people. How did he do that? And I thought about how um, when he called the, some fishermen to follow him, he, he invited them. He said, come, follow me. He didn't say, hey, um, let me see your resume. I'd like to see some personal references. He didn't even say, clean up your act first and then come follow me. That's not what he said. He invited them to follow him around, spend lots of time with him, listen to him, watch him. And those fishermen became disciples over time. So he honored them, and he honored the process that they needed, the time that they needed to take. He honored them. And I also saw this honoring happening at Soar Explore with the youth and the youth leaders that were there and all the people that were there. There was a lot of honoring that went on 
um, people we didn't know, how we interacted with children in the park and adults in the park. Um, and I saw the youth and the youth leaders doing the dot, dot, dot of acts. And that was really, really cool. That's what I wanted to share with you this morning. And so now I'm going to call Glenn to come on up for his five. Good morning, everyone. My name is Glenn Gosho. This morning I'm going to share about my role as a men's ministry leader with Impact as Promise Keepers and how I came to be there. Deb's already warned me not to get too long-winded up here. <coughs> so I wrote this out. In 2010, I attended a Promise Keepers conference in Toronto for the first time. That night I made a commitment to make Jesus the Lord of my life. After that experience, the Holy Spirit began to change and refine my life, and I did need a lot of refining. At that time in my life, becoming a leader with promise keepers would not have been on my radar, but God had a plan, and I began looking forward to the various conferences in Toronto, Chatham, Cambridge. One weekend at the Toronto conference, a speaker talked about a men's Bible study they had started at their church called Fight Club. Pastor Ryan was with us that weekend, and we thought this would be good for the men in our church. Over time, uh, then Fight Club, Fight Club was born. Over time, we became two groups, the 6 a.m. Friday group and a Zoom group, 7 p.m. Wednesday evenings led by Dave Siebert. This has been an awesome way to study scripture, share, and pray with one another. I'd also like to mention the men's breakfast that, is, that was started by Jack Baker and Clayton Stackley over 17 years ago. It continues to attract a good number of men and includes a variety of inspiring and interesting speakers that men look forward to hearing. Trevor Means, Clayton and Shirley Stackley's son-in-law was the speaker at the very first breakfast. I'm so grateful for the men who have stepped up to do the work required to continue to operate this ministry. Many local men in our community also benefit. <clears throat> Thank you especially to Ryan Aish, who completed the Safe Food Handling Certificate and now provides leadership to this program. In 2017, encouraged by Pastor Ryan uh, Yancey and Bill Inns, Promise Keepers Regional Leader for Men's Ministry in Ontario, I consented to accept the volunteer position of Network Leader for Men's Ministry in Huron County. My job was to contact the various churches in Huron County to find men within these churches desiring to leave no man behind and to see every man grow and live as a grow, become grow and live as a disciple of Jesus Christ. With a core group of 12 churches, we met and looked at needs and then started offering various workshops, resources, and events related to growing them spiritually as individuals, husbands, and fathers. 
A few highlights for me were the workshops held at our church that included a men's breakfast. These workshops were facilitated by a Promise Keepers speaker and they were well attended by men throughout Huron County. I would like to share a few verses of scripture that have encouraged me. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Hebrews 10.23 to 25, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see, see the day drawing near. Proverbs 27:17, iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. I'm thankful for the men that encouraged me and prayed for me. Last year, I was presented with a new opportunity. Bill Inns, who has now become the National Community Relations Manager for Impactus Promise Keepers, offered me a new position as provincial leader for men's ministry in Ontario West. I took that step into the unknown and said yes. My job is now to get to know nine other network leaders in Ontario West and one man in Zimbabwe, Africa, who joined our group. I plan over time to meet each of these men whom I presently communicate with through Telegram, Zoom, and email, which has been a learning curve all on its own. I am still network leader in Huron County, but we are looking for someone that may fit feel led to take this on, please contact me if you are interested. In my retirement, it is so fulfilling to have such a worthwhile focus to see men grow in Christ. I welcome your prayers. To clarify what the new name Impactus, Impactus Promise Keepers means, Impactus simply stands for equipping men for a life of purpose and godly impact. Impactus Promise Keepers has many free Christian resources. One resource I would recommend for every man is the daily devotional. This week, Jamie Raymer is doing the devotionals for, uh, for Promise Keepers. To get these resources, go to impactus.org. It's very easy, and you get that through your email, and it's all free. In the foyer, I left a few marriage devotionals and some copies of Kirk Giles' book, The Seasons of Fatherhood. Feel free to pick these up on your way out. Thank you. Good morning. <clears throat> Hello? Am I on? I'm on. This is the day the Lord's created. We're all enjoying it, right? 
All right, are we trying to? I was brought up in the United Church and uh, through my mom, who was our spiritual leader in our home, my dad made sure we never missed going to church. And through Harry Hoffman, the undertaker, they gave me the fear of God. And who else to get somebody to uh, get thinking about God as an undertaker? He happened to be my Sunday school teacher. But one thing was, I don't remember ever taking God's name in vain, but Ephesians says, and I think it's 429, says, Do not, do not let any corrupt communication proceed out of thy mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearer. I used to tell Jesus stories that weren't very nice. I never knew who Jesus was. One day I was talking to a hippie friend of mine and down in London, I worked with Pepsi Cola, so we'd go down there and they did special bottling for me. And I'd always talk to this guy and he'd always talk to me. And one day I started putting Jesus in sentences properly. And every time I said the word Jesus, I just felt so like I was entering a different realm, like a different place, a place I'd never been before. And he was talking, then I would talk, and I'd put Jesus in proper order. And I began to feel so light that I thought if I flapped my arms, I could fly. That's how light I felt. That's how changed I, I felt. And one of my... Uh, fears of becoming a Christian, and I don't know where I picked it up, was that everybody that became a Christian had to do five years in Africa. And I don't want to go to Africa. I do now, but not at that time. So this truck that I was driving, a transport, it was called a cab over, so you're right over top of the motor, so there's the passenger seat, the motor's right here, and there, the passenger seat is right here, or the driver's seat. This song started coming to me. I'm going to try and sing it. I tried this morning. And I didn't get through it. But Greg and Rachel, or Greg, Greg and uh, Gail are going to help me through it. So I started writing it down, and I got everything but the, the second verse, of, or the second line of the third verse, and I felt that I was supposed to go up. The Lord told me to go up and see Gail's mom. I don't know if anybody here knew Gail's mom, but when she died, I lost a prayer warrior. I could feel it. So I said to her, I said, Lord, give me a song today. And she was such a lady of encouragement, you couldn't shock her. <laughs> and I said, I got everything. I got the tune. I said, I got the, the, all the lyrics, but I haven't got the, the second line of the third verse, and I believe you're going to give it to me. I thought she was going to laugh at me, but she said, let her go. So underneath Gail's dad's uh, pool table was a 12-string guitar. It wasn't in tune, and neither am I. Gail always accuses me of playing in one key and singing in another. So I sang it to her. So I want you to listen to the second line of the third verse. 
These things are nice to hear, but they're complicated to play. Christ doesn't talk to you, then you're all alone, far from his throne, you're on your own. Christ waits for you to say, he's waiting for you to say, I'm dead in my sins. Raise me again, I want to live. Yes, if Christ doesn't walk with you, if Christ doesn't talk to you, then you're all alone, far from his throne, you're on your own. Shine your light in me And make the darkness flee Yes, come into me Set me free I need thee Yes, if Christ doesn't walk with you If Christ doesn't talk to you then you're all alone, far from his throne, you're on your own. There's power in Christ's name, let all the world proclaim that the lame shall walk, the blind shall see, and the deaf shall talk. Yes, if Christ doesn't walk with you, if Christ doesn't talk to you, then you're all alone, far from his throne, you're on your own. Yes, if Christ doesn't walk with you. If Christ doesn't talk to you, then you're all alone. Far from his throne. You're on his own. You're alone.
that's a tough act to follow. <laughs> Thank you, Larry. Well, good morning. Um, my name's Ryan Aish, and when I got the email from Craig asking me to share, like, what the? <laughs> what am I going to share? What have I got to offer, talk about? So I got to thinking on it, and the last couple years, there's been kind of a recurring theme, I guess, coming to me about friendships and gathering and who, who are our friends, who we hang out with. So that's what I'm going to talk about. I get emails, devotionals from Wire Ministries. It's a men's ministry. Three, three days a week, I think, they come. So I'm going to share them. They're for men, but I think they'll cross over for you ladies as well. <laughs> so first one I'm going to read is called Mistakes in Gathering. If I can find it here. Here it is. So mistakes and gathering. And the scripture is Galatians 6, 3. It says, if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. So again, this is for men, but I'll change a few words or leave a few out. <laughs> so when we relent and finally accept that we're designed for community with other with others, we nearly always start with the wrong criteria for choosing them. We often plot out single guys that are cool or rich or connected or well-educated or who'd be good to know from a work perspective. And if we don't fall into those traps, we choose guys that are just a lot like us. We think subconsciously almost, I've got to devote myself to a handful of other men if I'm going to make sure I'm going to make sure that they have something strategic, some strategic value to me, worldly value to my career or to my social standing, or at the very least, they're men who won't challenge me or make me uncomfortable. Such plotting is a mistake. It's driven by pride that somehow we know better than God how these communities should come together. We must instead follow the blueprint given us by our King, Jesus Christ. He never once used this strategic value analysis. Throughout the gospel, he spent time with people whom God the Father wanted him to, people with whom it made no sense for him to spend time with, from a worldly perspective. Adopting this blueprint, the Apostle Paul wrote, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. And then at the bottom he says, there's a little thing, he says, okay, so what do we do now? And he says, we pray that God brings the right men. Allow him to connect you to men who are willing to commit and surrender, willing to be transparent, are desperate for him. Be forewarned, though, that the group that comes together will probably look nothing like what you expect. And that's good. Groups we create ourselves based on worldly criteria aren't worth our time. Groups that God creates for us are worth everything. 
So that's true for me too. <laughs> I never thought I'd be in the groups that I'm in with the people that I'm with, but they've been awesome for me. So, And then another one that uh, stood out, I actually got it maybe a year and a half ago, the first time this email came through, and it just came this week again, the same one. So I don't know if that's a sign or what that is, but I thought I should read it too. So if I can find it, I will do that as well. Here it is. All right, I'll try and get through it. This isn't easy for me. It's called Be That Guy. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that the proper time he may exalt you. <clears throat> That's 1 Peter 5, 6. So building community in the social context, in the context of our friendships, means reworking existing friendships into authentic friendships. It means dismantling false images, the ones we've worked so hard to construct. It means humbling ourselves in front of our friends by showing them our unguised, unguarded brokenness. Our flaws, failures, mistakes, and fears. Hard stuff, no question. What's even harder, though, is that doing this often requires that we go first. You see, authenticity is countercultural. Look around. Few people live in authentic friendship. So when and if we choose to, we are likely to be in front, all alone, for a time at least. So why then? Why would we do it? Well, it's only through authenticity that transformation to Christ-likeness happens. It certainly doesn't happen when we're hiding, impersonating, posturing. It just doesn't. It's the way we come into the character of Jesus Christ, and it is the way we help our friends too as well. You see, while very few of us men, people in general, are willing to go first, most of us will follow those who do. If he can do it, so, one of, so when one of us steals himself and humbles himself, others follow. Going first is therefore both holy and heroic. Going first puts us squarely in front of God's offensive, healing the brokenhearted and setting the captives free. And again, so in the okay, so now what do we do? It says someone must go first. Somebody always does. Be courageous, pray boldly, brother. If someone must, let it be me. Among your group of friends, be that guy. It'll be scary. It might not go really well, but that's okay. We men are built for this kind of stuff. We'd wither without opposition, and it's all worth it. This can be some of the most important work we ever do. And that kind of goes with a favorite scripture of mine. I'll find here as, as well. Uh, it's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And my phone's not going to cooperate. But anyways, I, it's, it's the scripture, I don't know it exactly, but about how we face nothing that is uncommon 
to man. And God will always provide us a way out. And when you share, it's scary, but you'll find out that it's not uncommon. There are other men, other people out there that struggle with the same thing. So, anyways, that's all I've got. Four minutes, maybe? Thank you. been a long time since I've tried to climb up this mountain and I haven't been up this mountain for a long time but the children are wanting some amendments to the Ten Commandments and uh, I'm trying to find the place where the Lord God gave me these tablets with the Ten Commandments written on them and well it was around here somewhere are you listening Lord God are you listening to the complaints of your people They want amendments. What you wrote on these tablets. It says here, thou shalt have no other gods before me. And there's like gods all over the place that people are being distracted by. And they don't call them gods, but they worship them. And I don't know. Thou shalt not make any, take, take unto thee any graven images. And Lord, there's a lot of images, a lot of stuff that are distracting people and sports and politics and all kinds of images that people are just seem to be falling over and. I don't know. These people want amendments. Are you hearing, Lord? What do you think? If they love me, they will keep my commandments. It says here that we're not supposed to take your name in vain, Father God. Does that mean like cursing and swearing or does that mean vanity? Like people are asking for things that it's just vain, it's just selfish, it's just, it's in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You look around and Sunday is 
Sabbath day. We call it Sunday. Now it's, it's like any other day. Everything's open. You can get anything you want. Go to the grocery store. Go to the beer store. Everything's open. It's like, it's like a Tuesday or Wednesday. Like there's no... Like there's no reverencing. Like there's no... What do you think about that one, Lord? Do you think you're going to mend that one a little bit? If they love me, they will keep my commandments. Honor thy father and thy mother. There's a lot of homes that are out of order. Some of the children are running the homes. It's out of order. They, there's no honor. There's no... I don't even know if people today know what the word honor means. To honor. Honor thy father and thy mother. They're not even honoring you, Father. How are they, Father God, how, how are they, they going to honor their mother and their father? Does that mean when I was a little kid, or does that mean now when I'm a grown man? to my father and my mother. And this one you got written, thou shalt not kill. There is so much killing going on. Is killing the same as murder? Some of your people believe that it's all right to abort. Is that murder? Is that killing? Is that... There's so much war and there's... you. I don't know. I don't understand, Lord. I, I just... God, here, thou shalt not steal. Well, stealing is a way of life to a lot of people. Some of your people, Lord. Does that mean that I shouldn't take a guy's wallet, or does that mean that I shouldn't steal his good name? I shouldn't steal, run... What do you think about that one, Lord God? If they love me, they will keep my commandments. Here you got, thou shalt not bear false witnesses. Does that mean lying? Is, is, is that, do we understand that? Like, to bear a false witness, to be a liar. That's got to be awful bad, Lord. You're of the truth, and your people are spreading lies and lying. And Got another one here. It's got, thou shalt not covet. There's a lot of covet going on. Not supposed to covet your, your neighbor, his wife, his ox, or his house. Today, if somebody's got a swimming pool, five or six people down the street got swimming pools. Guy's got a new car, I gotta have a new car too. Turn on the TV and stuff, you just covet. They just, they, the, the commercials are so that you covet, like without realizing that. What do you think about that one, Father? If they love me, they will keep my commandments.
Well, I guess it doesn't sound like you're going to make any amendments to these tablets and what you've written here, and I guess I'll just have to go back down and face your people. And But thanks for giving me an audience and listening to the complaints of your people. What was it you said again, Lord? I got to get it really clear. They got a pile of rocks down here. Looks like they're going to stone me if I don't bring them back good words. If they love me, they will keep my commandments.